Sunday, March the 19th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Helen, so much. Good morning, everyone. My name's Claire, if you don't know, and uh, you're going to be pleased to know that we're going to work hard this morning. We have got worksheets, and there will be an exam at the end. Oh, dear. Joking. But we do have some worksheets, so I'm going to ask Katie and Barney if they would just take those round. And uh, they are to kind of get us doing what we've been talking about. I heard a groan. <laughs> We're going to have a great morning of trying out a few different things, of thinking about what Simon has been talking to us about in the last couple of weeks and actually having a go at it. Hang on, my wire's too short. There we go. Thanks, Simon. We're a bit tangled. There we go. So we are... Uh, Three weeks in to our walking with God through all of life's terrains uh, talk series. And the last two weeks, we've had uh, Simon share about the amazing invitation that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit gives us. We've been thinking about how he invites us not just to follow a load of rules and ways of life, but to walk with him. And that's mind-blowing, isn't it? As we've shared together in the last couple of weeks, we've been thinking about how God invites us to be in his very presence and through whatever life will throw at us to know that he is with us. And so today I've called this the boot camp of how to do it. And we're going to have a little go. Some of you might prefer pit stop along the way where there's coffee and tea rather than boot camp. Uh, That's more me, if I'm honest. But we're just going to have a go in a number of ways at trying out what this being with God, what this new way of praying and encountering him looks a little bit like. But before we do, let's just uh, dumble into a couple of the passages that Helen read to us so well. In some ways, you might think, well, why have we put Matthew and Revelation together? But I hope you picked up quite quickly that they use very similar imagery. Let's start with the reading in Matthew. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. I'm sure you've heard some talks on this around prayer. Usually it's around persistent praying, uh, making sure that you ask and you listen and you persist in prayer. I'm sure I've preached that talk as well before uh, over the years. But let's look at the Revelation passage alongside of it. It's a very similar picture. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I loved the New Living Version that said, uh, I will come in and eat as friends. That's the invitation that God is giving us today. 
He's not just saying, ask, give me a list of prayers and, and I'll answer them. If you put those two chapters together, you realize that what God is offering is an intimate meal around a table with friends. He's inviting us to sit around the feast table and he's knocking on the door of our lives and inviting us in to be with him, to enjoy his presence, to have a laugh together and to feast together. And out of that comes those moments around the table where you share what's on your heart and share what's on your mind and share what you're worrying about and share what you're celebrating and share the real you because you're together in his presence. Simon called it last week, the hug of heaven. I don't know how many people I've talked to this week. That little phrase has stuck in people's minds. You see, Jesus is inviting us in to have the hug of heaven. What a beautiful, intimate and lovely image that we share. That's the invitation for you and me. And so today, we're going to think about four ways to do that. Now, I'd like to claim these are my own. They're not. They're from a brilliant form of a podcast by John Mark Comer, John Tyson, Reward Simbama, and Gemma Ryan, who is uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite people. She has twins and a very busy life and yet has the most amazing things to say about prayer. And together... They say that prayer is simply this, this encounter that we've been talking about, talking to God, being with God, listening to God, and talking with God. I'd love you to listen to those podcasts. I will put them on uh, our social media channels so you can have a listen. They say it all better than me and a lot longer than me, so you might need a a month to listen to them. But we're going to think today and then have a practice at each of these. Talking to God is about a rhythm. It's about an invitation. It's about what we've just been looking at to accept that invitation. Being with God is about experiencing God's loving presence. Listening to God is about hearing his voice. Talking with God is about sharing what is on our hearts and on our minds. And we're going to go through all four of those together now. So let's think about talking to God, shall we? A month ago or so, there was a talk by an amazing preacher called Claire Earl called Feasting with God. I'd really love you to go back and listen to it. (laughs) It's on our podcasts and uh, it'll send you to sleep if you're feeling tired. No, I'm joking. It It was me sharing some of what this talking to God is about. We looked at the verses in, uh, not luck, Luke. A bad spelling mistake there, isn't there? Luke chapter 6, verse 12, where Jesus went to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. We read so many verses like that. And I highlighted that, that in our talk a few uh, weeks ago, that there's this invitation to a life with him and that we need to be really intentional about this. So go back to that talk if uh, you can. But here's a few questions for you to think about in the light of what we shared then. I talked about finding your chair, 
the space and the time that you set aside every day. I talked about the fact that I've got a table and one of those chairs, which I never sit in at any other time, is my chair where I sit with God and read his word. I wonder if you found your chair yet, your space, your time, where you are intentional and say, this is my moment. This is where I am going to spend time with God. Simon challenged us in the first week just to spend five minutes in stillness. I wonder how you're doing with that. I encouraged us to look up, to fix our eyes on Jesus. How's that going? And have you tried silence again? During that talk, we did communion in silence. And for some of you, you loved it and said it was two minutes. It felt like it was two minutes. It was 16 minutes. Some of you felt like it was a lifetime because silence was so hard for us. Not just silent body, but silent mind. So what I'd love you to do, just with the person next door, is just answer the first question on your sheet, which kind of summarizes, have you found your time in your space? Have you got a space in your day that you go, that's my time with God? It doesn't matter if you haven't got one yet, that's fine. Just say, I haven't got that sorted yet, but it's on my list. Have you found your time with God and your space? And why don't you write it down, even if it's an intention rather than a practice right now, but why don't you share with your next door neighbour your time and your space? Uh, perhaps, hey, I've got this chair, it's my space. You've got a couple of minutes to do that right now. <laughs> have to go together. Got a lot. another 30 seconds. Okay, if you can bring your conversations to a close. Jesus is inviting us to sit around the table with him daily. If we don't have food every day, we're really grumpy, aren't we? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) The invitation is a beautiful one. And I'm hoping as you shared together, there would have been some encouragement in that conversation rather than I haven't spoken to God since last Sunday. I'm hoping you're feeling like, do you know what? Actually, those times I do sit at my chair with him are precious. 
I'm hoping that you're encouraged because actually as we explore this together, uh, we encourage one another by trying different things out and speak to one another. So this talking to God section is all about being intentional, about making sure our life is patterned around it. John Mark Comey uses a phrase that uh, the monks used called the rule of life. And it was about patterning your day around intentional moments with God, not necessarily long ones, but moments. We've all got a rule of life. Some of it has more of God in than others of us. Your day is dictated by all kinds of things, isn't it? Mostly my stomach. But, but you know, our day is dictated and the pattern of our day is dictated. But the invitation of Jesus is to feast with him regularly, to sit with him, to enjoy his presence. And out of that comes other things. So talking to God is about making sure your life is structured in a way that has these moments of eating together. Being with God is our second heading. And it's about gazing on the beauty of God, receiving his love and giving our love back. This is mostly what Simon's been referring to a lot already. And it isn't easily defined. It isn't structured. And it certainly isn't a prescribed form of prayer. It's something, though, that the Orthodox Jews even today take very seriously. The kind of asking prayers, the petition and intercession that we're going to look at a bit later on, uh, is banned on a Sabbath in a Jewish synagogue. They wouldn't have a list of people that they're praying for on that day because that's seen as work. This kind of prayer is seen as rest. Isn't that interesting? That actually, the kind of, we're having a prayer time at church has become something that the Jewish, Orthodox Jews would see as work. Because it is, it's hard work praying for other people. It's hard work praying for the things in our lives. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. This being with God is what is described in 2 Corinthians, that last passage that Helen read to us. It's about coming before God with unveiled faces, we're going to talk about that in a minute, to contemplate the Lord's glory and to be transformed into his likeness just by being with him. Just by being with him. This is about being around the table, enjoying each other's company, you and God. This is the point in our spiritual journey where prayer goes beyond words to simply a loving presence. Traditionally, this is called contemplation, which is based out of this passage here, to contemplate, to look upon and gaze upon the beauty of God. In weddings in the first century, the bride wore a veil until she made it to the wedding bedroom. That was the first time her husband would have seen her face during the whole of the wedding celebrations. And not just her face, but we won't think about that too much. So the veil falling off is a beautiful image of how intimate God wants us to be with him. He has taken the veil away and we can be so close to him. Isn't that a beautiful image for us all? 
But what I'm talking about here is kind of hard to explain. It isn't explainable. This is one of those mysteries of God because his presence isn't something that we can define or talk about in kind of this is how you achieve it. This is something that is beautiful and mysterious. Sometimes after a time of contemplative prayer, I wonder if I was just sitting quietly or I was actually doing this kind of praying. Get to the end and I'm like, oh, did I, did I do what was right? But actually, there are other moments when I look back and this form of prayer have been the most life-changing experiences. So be warned, what I'm going to say isn't comprehensive or very prescriptive. It feels a bit hard to explain, but I'm going to give you a few ideas of how we can experience this being with God. The first one is the practice of the quiet place. Again, if you head back to my talk in Feasting February, I talked about a place that you need to find that you're not distracted, maybe where you turn your phone off, where you have a posture of waiting, of being ready to meet with God, about having the right environment. And I can feel a number of you already saying, Claire, have you seen my life? It's carnage. But I want to remind you of the story we shared of Susanna Wesley who had so many children, it makes me scared. And yet, every day, would put her apron over her head to have this being with God moment. In the midst of the chaos, she was able to put her apron over her head and encounter being with God. So we need to find a quiet place, but that's our minds as much as our our circumstances as well. For me, finding a quiet place involves a piece of paper and a pen to write down all the things that are in my mind before I can get to that space. Because otherwise I'm panicking about forgetting those things whilst I'm encountering God. It's important that we get to a place of quiet in our minds as much as our bodies. There's also the power of silence. Something I'm really bad at because I'm a talker. St. John of the Cross, who was one of the early Christian writers, said God's primary language is silence. As we quiet our bodies, slow our breathing, quiet our minds, writing down all of those things, as we stop talking and striving for God's voice or for him to answer our prayers, once we get to that place, something supernatural happens. Become aware of his presence as we fix our eyes on him rather than the troubles of the world, something supernatural happens. We move into a place where we experience his presence. The power of music is really important for some of us in this room. God gave us senses, didn't he? And uh, they're amazing. (laughs) They're really useful, uh, not only for life, but actually for encountering God. And hearing and singing are really important to the people of God. It was beautiful to be led this morning, and we're going to be led again in a few moments. But sometimes worship is about the singing of the words, isn't it? I'm singing the words, I'm proclaiming the truth, I know what God is saying. But sometimes worshipping through music goes beyond the singing of words, doesn't it? I remember being at Soul Survivor a number of years ago, and... uh, We started off singing loudly, jumping lots, and then all of a sudden something shifted about 20 minutes into that worship set. It got quieter, not because people weren't engaging or didn't know the song, 
but because we'd moved beyond the singing of words to the gazing upon God. We'd moved with 20,000 young people in the room to a place where we were lost in wonder. We were lost in worship. We were lost in the presence of God that actually, even in that space with so many young people, there was this holy hush as we carried on with the worship. They carried on singing, but there was just this look around the room and people were lost in wonder and in praise. We often find that happens in my kitchen when I chuck a playlist on. I start singing really strong and then all of a sudden, all of the jobs don't get done and I'm just there with Jesus in his presence. There are loads of other things, but I want us to think about the power of breathing. This will be familiar to you if you use the Lectio 365 app, which I would strongly encourage you to download. It's a daily app where we begin with a prayer. And that prayer says, as I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, and to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Breathing slowly, medically, has loads of good things for us. But breathing slowly, for me, helps me encounter the presence of God. As I pause, as I take a deep breath, somehow it's me accepting the knock on the door that Jesus is giving me to be welcomed into his table. I've started uh, using a breathing exercise where I say some words. I say, I live in you, I rest in you, I delight in you. And as I do that, it, it, it slows me down and helps me encounter the presence of God. We're going to do that right now. And the bands are going to come. And I'm going to use those words. I'd love you to close your eyes. I'd love you to breathe really deeply as I slowly say those words 10 times. And then at the end of that, the band are going to sing. Now, you might want to stand and sing. You might want to kneel and be. You might just want to sit where you are. But let's go beyond the words and let's invite the presence of God to meet with us. So let's close our eyes. I'm going to leave you in the breathing exercise and then the band will play for us. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still. To breathe slowly. To recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. And as you breathe in, I live in you. And as you breathe out, in you I rest. And as you breathe in again, in you I delight. In you I live. 
In you I rest. In you I delight. In you I live. In you I rest. In you I delight. In you I live. In you I rest. In you I delight. So this song might be new for a lot of you, so don't worry if you don't know it. It's very easy to pick up, so just focus on the words. Be still. And know that the Lord is in control. Be still, my soul. Stand and watch as giants fall. I won't be afraid, you are here. You saw. Your peace and kindness will fall. 
in you. In you I live. In you I rest. In you I delight. Let's just take one moment more. And in the silence. Can you feel him? His presence is here. We don't rush on. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. I want to slowly open your eyes. Pete Gregg in this book, which I keep harping on about, but you need to get it even if you're 99. How to Pray for Young Explorers has a beautiful story. He shares of walking along a road, which is often how he feels like he is being with God. He uh, walks a lot. And God caught his attention and said, stop and look at that tree. And he stood there expecting some revelation around the tree and nothing came. So he stood there a bit longer. And after 20 minutes of standing by the tree, he said, God, what do you want me to know? And God, he said, just said in his head, oh, it's a nice tree. And that was it. He just wanted him to experience his presence rather than give him revelation or give him the instructions on what to do next. He just wanted to enjoy the tree. So, before we rush on to the next thing, with the person next to you, how do you enjoy being with God? What has struck you about what I've been talking about? Or can you remember a moment where this kind of encounter with God happened in your life? And perhaps as you share that, you might want to think, you know, what am I going to do this week to move this into doing something about it? We all experience this in a different way. How are you going to uh, do this form of prayer this week? And you've got about three minutes to do that. So do that with each other and next to you.
another minute. So if someone hasn't talked, give them their moment. Okay, let's move on together then. I'd love to encourage you to write something on your piece of paper as a prompt to remind you of of giving this a shot this week. Perhaps you found the music really helpful or the silence or the breathing. Perhaps you need to download the Lectio 365 app to give you that way of starting your day. The other app I'd really encourage you is a pause app. Uh, Again, I will make sure if you would like to have that information that I can give it to you. So we're going to move on to our third way of accepting that invitation to encounter God. And this is about listening to God. That passage, so famous. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There's a good reason why we have two ears and one mouth. You know that well. But honestly, listening to God is one of the most life-giving things we can do The experience of being with him, encountering his presence is key to our relationship. But also having God's words of direction, encouragement and love brings life to the way that we live. Now, we've talked a lot about this in church. And so instead of talking about it more, we're going to do it. And Simon's going to come and lead us by using a Bible story, some brilliant questions to help us key into God's voice so that we can experience doing this rather than me just talking about it. So Simon, over to you. Great, thanks Claire. So this is a throwback to what I was talking about a few weeks ago when we were in the scriptures and uh, we're going to enter into a famous moment in the Jesus story. But just in case you're not familiar with it, let me just uh, outline it super quickly. It was a moment that came out of an ordinary moment. Do you know like when you're washing up and you're having a chit-chat and suddenly you get into a deep conversation? Or you're walking with someone and it's just this and that and suddenly it's this and that and you go into this moment. Well, Jesus was walking with his friends, with his disciples, as they often would do because that was the only way they could get anywhere was to walk. And they were walking to Caesarea Philippi and they're talking about this and that and suddenly Jesus says to them, so come on guys, what about you? Who do you really say that I am? What do you really think about me? And suddenly the conversation goes from this to that and he asks them, what they think about him. And they they start trying to formulate their thoughts and they reach for some Old Testament uh, words about Jesus. Well, and first of all, what others say, some say you're a prophet, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah. And then Jesus takes it down another level and says, what about you? Who do you say that I am? So we're going to enter that story ourselves and uh, make yourself comfortable feet square on the ground unless your feet your legs are as short as mine in which case they will still dangle Uh, or you're rich with your boot on but unless you're that put your feet squarely on the ground and be centered where you are and enter the story enter the moment so I want you to imagine that you are walking with those disciples you're one of their number and you're walking with Jesus Can you feel the sun, the heat of the day, the dust of the road, the unevenness of the stones? 
The crowds often gathering round or onlookers as a group of guys walk through other people looking around. What can you see? What can you hear? And from that place, you can hear Jesus talking to the disciples. And then you hear that question, who do people say I am? Look around for a moment. Who, who replies? Who's the first to speak? What are they saying? How is it making you feel? Are you glad that he's asking them, maybe, and not asking you? What would you say? Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And now you hear Jesus asking you. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? In this moment, listen to what your heart says. How do you respond to Jesus in that moment, in this moment? Who do you say that I am? Listen for what your heart is saying. What are the truths of Jesus that come to mind? And where over your life do those truths need to rest? Where do those, or what do those truths speak into? Listen to your heart. And by the graciousness of the Spirit of God, maybe you've unearthed the truth about Jesus that you've long known, but perhaps has got a little bit lost and you relate it to something in your life. Hold on to what Jesus is drawing out of you in this moment. And then perhaps for a brief second or two, you're glad that the intensity is over and the conversation uh, moves on to other people. But then Jesus turns the whole thing around. Jesus comes back to you again with a different question. And the question is this. What do you think that I think about you? What do you think that I think about you? And as Jesus looks into your eyes, 
and asks you that question about what he thinks about you, what he believes about you, what he loves about you, what he delights in about you. Listen to your heart. Listen to the Spirit of God in your heart. What truth about you is Jesus drawing out? And then dare to ask him, Jesus, what do you think about me? Jesus, who do you say I am? And listen to your heart. Just jot down any words or images or phrases or truths that come to mind. Truths about Jesus that he's highlighting for you this morning. And truths about yourself that Jesus wants to speak over you. Get them from your heart and your mind. Get them out onto the page. It's a way of saying, yes, I'm holding on to these things. I'm taking these things with me. As I leave this moment. So Father thank you. For the truths that you're speaking to us. And show us how we can live in the light of these truths. In Jesus name. Amen. Just take a moment to write that down. Don't want to lose what Jesus was saying. God speaks in all kinds of ways, but he always speaks through his word. That's why we've got to read it. That's why we've got to know it. He often speaks through each other as well, though. So why don't you just for a moment share one thing about uh, what God said that encouraged you with the person next to you. So one minute just to share something that encouraged you in that listening exercise. Only got a minute. You need to talk.
10 more seconds. So if the other person hasn't had a chance to speak, give them the moment. Okie dokie. Coming to the last one, and I think this is the one that lots of you are really good at. It's probably the more comfortable space, certainly the easier one to talk about in so many ways. But we're going to talk about talking with God. This is about gratitude, lament, petition, and intercession. Pray in the Spirit on all kinds of occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the Lord's people. So, gratitude, that's easy. What am I thankful for? What am I thankful for? What has God done? It was great to uh, start that conversation when the children were going out. Uh, Amazing news about Joe and the university. What are we thanking God for? What are we grateful for? What prayers have been answered? Lament, though, is a, a difficult one. As you move from gratitude, you move into lament. Lament is about being real with your own words. It's about confession. It's about explaining to God how you feel with words. It's about grief or sadness or forgiveness. I thought the youth led us so beautifully about Mother's Day today. That prayer was stunning in a way that encapsulates some of the joy and pain that many of us might experience today. Lament is about being real with God before our emotions about our emotions, sorry. God wants to hear our hearts. He wants to know our emotions. And it's an important part of talking with God. But then we've got petition and intercession. Petition is praying about the things that are about you. And intercession is about praying for other people. So it's about praying for the things of yourself, your own little shopping list of, Lord, I need you to know about this, this, and this. Can you answer my prayers? And intercession is praying on behalf of other people. Now, I use the word shopping list because sometimes this kind of prayer can feel a little bit like that. I have a list on my phone of people I am praying for. I have a list on my phone of situations I'm praying for about myself. And sometimes I even tick them off. Actually, If we make this kind of prayer a shopping list experience, it means that all I've just said is kind of lost. Because this kind of prayer isn't just about a list of things we're praying for ourselves and other people. It's about the emotion that is attached to that. And so sometimes when I start praying for people, I can just reel their names off. But what I'm trying to do really much at the moment is to think about that person and think about the emotion that's attached to that. For example, I've been praying in the last month for our neighbour, Tony, who has motor neuron disease and has just moved in to an assisted care home. And as I think about him, I could just say, Lord, I pray for Tony. But I've stopped doing that and started thinking a little bit about how Tony feels and how his daughter feels who's having to manage all of those decisions and all of the moving of him to that space. I've been thinking about uh, how I would feel a little bit. And do you know what? I pray differently then. 
I pray differently. Instead of just saying, I'm praying for Tony, I pray with compassion. I pray with, Lord, really, please be with Catherine, his daughter. You know, I pray differently. So we're going to have a go at doing this. You've got on your piece of paper uh, the opportunity to write down perhaps one or two things you're grateful for. You can do your lament at home. I'll give you that. You don't have to do that. We'll do lament at home. But the other two, maybe write down one thing about your own life your petition that you would like prayer for, and one thing about someone else that you would like to pray for. And next to that, just write an emotion about how you feel about that situation. doesn't need to be an essay, but an emotion. And then when you've done that, turn to the people around you, share perhaps one of those things, and then we're going to turn it into prayer. But I'll tell you when we're going to start praying, okay? So, Why don't you just spend a few minutes on your own filling that in, but make sure you write the emotion attached to it rather than just the list. Another 30 seconds on your own. Okay, why don't you talk to the person next to you, share one of the things you wrote down and the emotion attached to it, and then turn that into praying together.
please do turn this into prayer rather than uh, just continue a conversation. So just a couple of minutes praying together. So help us, Lord Jesus, to bring our petition and intercession for others as well to you around the table. Help us to pray passionately and compassionately. Help us to pray not just a list, but with emotion and understanding. Open our eyes so we can see your heart about things. So that we can pray. We can pray passionately for the things that are on your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Coming to land. I want you to imagine that you are at the most amazing dinner party. There are friends around the table as guests. And it's set beautifully with the most amazing food. The conversation never stops flowing. There's games to play. There's laughter. And then there are moments where sadness is shared or worries. There are moments where somebody says something wise and then some tears are wiped up. By the end of the meal, you feel strongly peaceful, beautifully nourished, very full of amazing food and secure because you've encountered God. That's the invitation that we're exploring together at the moment. And one that I really hope you will walk in this week and for the rest of your life. So let's just pause as the band come up to lead us in our final song. Having thought about all of these things, what is God saying to you? And what are you going to try this week? It could just be something small about finding your chair and sitting expectantly in it. It could be taking that walk with God with no agenda and seeing what he says. It could be adding emotion to your prayers and petition and seeing how that changes your prayer life. What is God saying to you and what are you going to try and do this week out of what we've just heard?
where I'd sit down. 